Welcome to the Challenging the Way We Age podcast, hosted by the Mavericks of Senior Living, Francis and Catherine, focusing on creativity, ingenuity, and inspiration to educate and inspire changes in the senior experience, breaking the status quo. We want to thank our supporters, Assured Assisted Living, Serenity App, Sevens Home Care, and Sevens Residential Memory Care. Now get ready for the next episode. Right. Hey, Mavericks, we are here at Senior Living Transformation Summit in Boston, Massachusetts, and we are here with Karen Zuger, the Chief Strategy Officer of Right at Home. Welcome, Karen. Thank you very much. Thanks Thank, for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. I so, love these little impromptu yeah. visits. I know, right? <laughs> and you gave a presentation called Changes to Medicare and Medicaid Driving Collaboration yes. this morning. Powerful, packed with information. Really, I have pages of notes on oh, this. Awesome. So we're Glad excited to, to talk to you Great. about this. Tell us a little bit about who you are and your background and sure. what brought you into senior care. Absolutely. So um, I've been in healthcare for over 15 years now, and I've had a um, unique experience on playing on both sides on the acute side of healthcare and also on the post acute side of healthcare. So I worked for a company called Air Methods for around 13 years. Um, and that's Air Medical Helicopter. So oh, that's a very cute, cool. exciting yes. world. Um, and actually during that time, um, developed and grew a national patient logistics center. So what we focused on was population health management. And it was all about getting the patient to the right place at the right time for the right level of care. So that started and had a lot of fun doing that. And after a while, I was ready to start a new chapter and moved to Right at Home mm-hmm. on the post-acute side. So Right at Home is in home care. Um, and there I serve as, as you stated, as chief strategy officer. And really my role and goal within the organization is education. I mean, for me, it really is about helping people to understand the role of home care within the aging journey, um, understanding how we can help support the clients and the families and the caregivers, um, really bringing recognition to the brand and um, doing the best that we can to support anybody that needs our services. Well, that's for sure that keeps it kind of busy because yeah, uh, right at home is it in it's international so you guys have some offices across the world correct we are we okay. are so we are in seven other countries and we have um, almost 600 locations here in the united states Whoa. so we're the third largest okay. in the globe i know i know um, so yeah, it's it's we've grown like crazy. Um, there's a huge need, like I say, you know, as far as um, there's a lot of people that need our services and need our care. Um, right now, it's more so around how do we deliver that care? How do we make sure that we can affect as many lives as possible? So let's let's kind of dive into that a little bit. I'm really curious though. How does that all work? How do you make sure you're delivering that care? What would be kind of your three main areas that we can look at to, mm-hmm. to see how we can improve that or how you keep that going? Mm-hmm. So the three main areas of care that we deliver is companion care, personal care, and skilled care, right? So your companion care is really a big focus around loneliness, which is a big issue right now for Mm -hmm. seniors and those living with disabilities. Um, And I don't know the exact stats, so don't quote me on this, but it's somewhere around um, the, uh, for any senior out there, the closest living relative is 250 miles away, Hmm. which is... That blew me away when I heard you say that And it's actually, the number is bigger than that, um, but it's alarming because it is and then you have to look at things like everybody's talking about social determinants of health right now Mm -hmm. you know and all these non-medical pieces that are affecting outcome and readmissions and hospitalizations Mm -hmm. and 
those are the hard things to get to because yeah. to really figure out the loneliness concerns and the depression and the isolation concerns, you got to be there longer than stopping in for a blood pressure check or mm-hmm. um, a quick phone call or a text. So mm-hmm. we really, as far as delivering care, we really are the eyes and ears inside the home. Mm-hmm. We're there and, and typically we're there before other providers get there. We're there while other providers mm-hmm. are there and we're there after other providers leave. So we become part of that family and part of that journey through companion care, personal care, which is really the activities of daily living, Mm -hmm. and then even the skilled care um, are the services and the components that we deliver. So let's dive, since you are in the home before, after, during all this Mm -hmm. stuff, what does the collaboration look like? Because you talked a lot about collaboration this morning. So can you dive a little deeper into the collaboration? Absolutely. And and this is for sure one area that I'm super passionate about. And, you know, I say all the time that it truly does take a village. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to really impact change and impact outcome and quality, you can't do it alone. You know, we have to know what our swim lane is. We have to know what we do really well and how we can deliver it and then fill in the gaps with other providers, you know. So there's tons of examples, but one of the ones that I just have seen be very effective is the collaboration between home care and home health. And the industry as a whole is still a little bit confused between the difference between home care. Yeah, so so tell us about that. Yeah. Tell our audience the difference between home care and home health. Absolutely. So so really, there's two major differences, and one is reimbursement. Okay. So home care, which is the industry that I'm in, is a private pay, holistically private pay. Now, we still do long-term care insurance. Um, we do a lot with the VA, um, and we do some Medicaid waiver across the country. But for the most part, it is private pay, mm-hmm. um, whereas home health care is government reimbursed. So they're CMS certified, Medicare. Medicaid, that's their reimbursement model. So that's one of the differences. The other is in how the care is delivered. So home health is more transactional in care. So they're going to respond to an episode. Something's going to happen, and they're going to come in and assess the client and figure out what services that client needs. So they'll come in for short periods of time. They'll deliver or do what they need to do. Maybe it's give a bath or take a blood pressure or um, give meds, and then they're gone. So they're in and they're out of the home. And during that whole time, they're there. we're there along the way. So I always say we're kind of the mortar to their bricks, right? Hmm. So we're holding all those pieces together. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And it, Aging is a tough thing, you guys. It's complicated. There's a lot of things. I had a really great conversation with a lady here um, at the conference about her elderly parents and the fact that she didn't even realize that home care existed and didn't know that we could help to manage all these different components when somebody may not be eligible for home health. You're always eligible for home care. And um, so those are things that we just, again, when we talk about education and making sure that, um, you know, the, the eldest daughter, which has a tendency to be the the, the caregiver, right? Like right. That, that, that is, that is that's me. The case. Yeah, and I think it is. Until you have to deal with it, you don't know. You don't know, and you're not going to know. Why? Right. Why would you go research this before right. you have to deal with it? However, when you do start to deal with it, you need to educate yourself. Yeah, you, you need to take charge a little bit, and mm-hmm. I call it the 
the CEO of the care team as the eldest daughter. Yeah. So from the family right. perspective, mm-hmm. we're a little bit of the CEO of that care team. It's our job to kind of um, make sure that everyone is communicating and yeah. collaborating with each other. And that's really what I'm hearing you talk about. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely. And you know, and you make a, an interesting point because that really is it too, is home care normally jumps in when crisis strikes, yeah. right? So there's not, I mean, a crisis hits and then sometimes it's it's too late or now at this point everybody's frazzled so you really are dealing with all the family dynamics yes. along with the client dynamics right. you know so really one of the other things that we want to get good at and figure out and this is a tough one is how do you get into the home so- sooner yeah. how do you begin that yeah. education process sooner in that life cycle so that the CEO of the family that eldest daughter knows what her resources are and when to reach out to those resources and how to leverage them and it's more than just home care you know it's community presence it's product services technologies it's moving services right it's like you know um uh, selling estates and 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 going i mean we have tons of like hoarding cases you know where you got to step in and you got to figure that stuff out so they're just every case is unique and different and um you got you got to have a partner it's nice to have a partner in that process yes i think we have to just get more proactive in our care in general, 100%. both from healthcare and aging services, because to me, it's we're very reactive. It's like, oh, I should go get my annual physical, but I'll do it next year. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, five years go by and you haven't had a physical. Right. And, so do you, you know, mean individually or are you talking well, as an industry? I, I think as an industry, our healthcare is so reactive to curing and, and fixing things. Uh-huh. We're not all about doing things sooner to help them last longer because We've always talked about this, as I'm sure you, you guys do, is we have a health span and we have lifespan. That's right. We seem to kind of say we want to live long, but not always do the things necessary to increase our health span, which right. is maybe bringing in you know your company like yours for just four hours a week to start with, right? Absolutely. Just to test it. Well, and it's – so one of the things that we've been working on, too, from a strategic partnership standpoint is wellness partners, yeah. right? So right now we've got caregivers, mm-hmm. and the reality is nobody wants a caregiver. Nobody wants a nope. caregiver. That I means I'm old, about to yeah. say right? That. Nobody yeah. wants – so yeah. – but you might want at the age of 70 a wellness coach or somebody to come yeah. in help you with nutrition. So I do think we have to start changing the mindset of of how we're looking at things. And I said this in the presentation, and this is another difficult thing to do, but how do you make aging sexy? Yes. How do you create processes and relationships that that drive people to want to change their health habits and to be well so that they can live longer? And, And that's the exciting part about my job is constantly looking and evolving and figuring out how we can change the dynamics and the way that we talk about aging and the way that we support aging. Mm. So uh, there's cool. a lot we can talk about yeah. on that topic. You, Absolutely. Do you think we have to overcome fear? And, and fear in the sense of of, of opening our homes up mm-hmm. to this stranger. Right. <laughs> well, that's a good question. You know, and I would say, I think that, you know, let's talk about Uber. You know, five years ago, who yeah. would have thought that you would have been calling a stranger <laughs> on your phone and jumping into a car? Why is that okay? But yet we're still so resistant to home care. Yeah. I, well, it wasn't okay in it, the beginning. It no, wasn't. It took time. I and agree. I, think that it, I, I don't think it took going. as much time as I thought it was going to. It was Me adopted too. pretty quickly, okay. but I agree it did yeah. take time. Yeah. But I think the difference here is, and this is another delicate balance, right? Yeah. Aging is personal. 
I mean, yeah. I don't want somebody coming in and it's helping good, yeah. me and seeing my me at my lowest points and knowing that I have yes. cognitive decline and I might not remember your name at the end of your shift. Yeah. Um, so these are things that And I don't really, even know you to begin with. And I don't so know there's you no to begin trust. with. Yeah. Right. You know, that's yeah. one of the scariest things that yeah. we found for our clients. So when they, we yeah, yeah, so when we talk about bringing in help sooner, mm-hmm. I hear that so often and I think no way. But right. it's not going to happen. So I really like your approach though of the wellness. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's having cool. a wellness uh-huh. coach and also educating the oldest daughter, right. the eldest daughter, whoever the persona is. Yep. Those are the two ways to get in a little bit sooner because the older adult does not want it. And they the eldest daughter is already fighting to even get someone there one hour a week, let alone having someone come sooner than is needed. Yeah. So I the strategy, I think it's a great strategy. And I love I, the name change. Right. I do. Yeah. Well, and it's really important because that is what we're looking at. Yeah. So it's a really good focus. Absolutely. Focus shift. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing is too is as we know, one of the biggest hurdles right now is the caregiver shortage. Correct. So it's not just about you know, making it better for the senior and for the daughter, but how do we make this job a little sexier for the caregiver? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, That's cool. yeah, I, you know, and I, if we could figure out, and I don't know, I don't have all the answers here. It's just thoughts, but if some sort of wellness certifications and get, because yeah. caregivers have, I mean, I just did a tour of our Florida offices actually. And you know what they said? Well, their biggest issue right now is the health of their caregivers. The like health. self, like self-care? Just the, their, because yes. but think about it. Think oh, about yes. the death demographic of our caregivers who have a tendency Mm -hmm. to not, and some of them do, not to generalize, but maybe aren't taking as good of care of themselves as they should be. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's like they're calling out or they're in the hospital or they're sick, they're in and out of their shifts. It's like, shoot, so many of the things that we we are applying to our market and our seniors, we can support our caregivers. It's almost like a wellness, self-care program for them. And if we teach them, then they can teach our senior. We're teaching up. So Karen, Tell us who in your life do you consider to be a maverick? Oh my gosh. You know, there's lots of them. And I and I feel so blessed over the last 15 to 20 years of working in an industry where I've had really great leaders and mentors um, and several bosses who have pushed limits, you okay. know? And I and I love that. And and people who have let me be me. You know, and I'll say that about my current boss, who is Brian Petronic, our CEO. Shout out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But he he, the reason that it works is because he allows me the autonomy to be creative and explore and push limits. And I think we have to do that. There was a comment earlier, and I thought it just really resonated with me, where it's like you get to a certain point in your career where you don't want to take risk anymore because you're you you you've yep. succeeded. You're there, and I don't want to take a step backwards. Uh, yeah. So you have to. You don't want to be a public failure, right? You know, right? Yeah. And you know, it's like I don't want to. I I I'm here now, so I I don't know how yeah. much further I want to push because that's a little bit risky to me personally. Yeah. So to have leaders to allow you to fail. Mm-hmm. And to have leaders to allow you to learn from those failures so we can continue to push the industry, I think is so critical. And, and I've been blessed to have those That's awesome. leaders. I think that is, we have to get over this mindset of failure is a bad thing in, right. in aging. Yes. Businesses that are successful, they push the envelope, right? We, we always, Catherine and I, and I, you know, I'm sure you'll agree, is that I feel like aging services about 20 years behind the mainstream business world of mm-hmm. being accepting the new ideas. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it is tied to that failure. Mm-hmm. Granted, we can't fail when it comes to Medicaid, you know, some of the right. key elements, but 
There's a lot that we could push Try the envelope and on. And do. Yeah. And write. I know. We yeah. could all just create a foundation that had endless money supply. Well, yeah. there's, there is fail. that too. And right. as you started your your uh, presentation with, it is complex. Yeah. This, this is complex. Not just aging itself, mm -hmm. but this whole industry is very complex. And it's mm -hmm. a mixture of multiple industries yes. trying to work together. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot there. So obviously you're seem very action oriented. Uh -huh. <laughs> so what action would you, you know, encourage our listeners to take? Yeah. First of all, educate yourselves and know that there are options out there, you know, know that you just, you know, Google, Google, everybody's Googling right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I heard this term the other day that was called the boomer consumer. Have you guys heard this one where oh, that's a new one. It's a, well, it's, it, but it's so true. The, the market, the demographic of people that are looking for our services are smarter now. So mm. they're doing ah, all of their research online. Yep. It's like buying a car, right? Yep. You know what you want before you even walk into the, it's the yeah. same thing in senior care. Yeah. We've got this, boomer consumer market that has all the answers at their fingertips that said don't shy away from really doing your research and understanding what resources are available to you and really finding somebody to help guide you through that process and through that journey reach out to your local right at home yeah. owner I'll tell you what they don't even need to provide you services but there's a reason that people get into this industry it's because it's not this is this is not an easy job right you know and it's emotional it's and it's difficult and it takes it takes a lot of time to grow a business and to develop trust in your community. There's a reason that they're doing it, and it's because they're passionate about the people that they're serving. Yeah. So if you call and you have a question, they're going to sit on the phone with you for 45 minutes to make sure your answers you get the answers that you want. So reach out to your local right at home, ask your questions, get the information that you need so that you can make decisions and lean on people, depend on people for help. You like can't that. do it alone. Yeah. And I always encourage people to look for local resources. Yes. Because the nationwide resources that we Google, yes. they are a list that you're going to find if you just Google anyway. Yeah. It's not providing the personalized care. It's not telling you what communities allow uh, will be able to handle your particular situation oh going forward even right um, and they're not providing the education so it's the yeah. local resources that yeah. are really really helpful because they know the owner operators they know the house Absolutely. they've visited before yeah. they know what it's like they know which ones accept dogs they know which mm -hmm. ones have good companionship for that type of person so well, i'm yeah. really big on encouraging people to it's go great. local yep. it's perfect yeah. so hope we're, we're big in believers is you know that we're doing some really great things now. They're going to create an awesome, new, hopeful way to age in the next five to ten years. Sure. What are things that you're doing to help create hope? Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I think, um, first and foremost, absolutely focusing on the caregiver. I mean, the caregiver is our product, right? right. So we have got to make sure that we have an environment that lifts up caregivers and promotes caregivers and sometimes I mean you get so much gratification obviously from the smile smiles on seniors mm -hmm. faces or those with disabilities you know we also help with those people living with disabilities but it's also 
watching the caregiver's response to the things that they're doing. They these might be people that have never impacted a life that right. they're like they're impacting them now. So showcasing those events and we always talk about micro moments, right? And we mm-hmm. talk about how micro moments are really what moves the needle within our industry. And it's so true. How you pick up the phone and how you address a senior and the respect that you give and the hope that you give to their family and the answers that you can provide. These are all things that are available and aging is hard. It's difficult. It's complicated. There's resources everywhere. But the hope that I hope that everybody understands is that there are people out there that are willing to get on the phone and help you through this process and be a partner with you on that journey. I mean, we went through this with my grandparents who moved in with my parents and my mom is a retired nurse and she's now a caregiver herself because she just loves it. Um, But she, you know, that journey right there and and how difficult it was on my mom, but how much she wanted to be there for my grandparents and that delicate balance of, mom, you can't stress yourself out because you're going to age 10 years in the next year if you don't give yourself some time knowing that there are people out there to help. I think is the biggest piece of all of it. That's awesome. That's so, but again, go back to knowing your resources. That's right. And and looking at them earlier, not when you're in a crisis. That's right. So, yeah. So Karen, how can people reach you if they have questions? Absolutely. So right at home is a national franchise organization, as we talked about. So you can go to rightathome.net and then enter in your city and then the franchise locations or the owners in your area will populate. So you'll know who to call, but you can always reach out to me. And my email address is kzuger, so K-Z-U-G-E-R, at risemark, R-I-S-E-M-A-R-K dot com. And so email me anytime. My cell phone, and I can't believe I'm giving this up, but I am, (laughs) is 402-906-5144. And um, please reach out if there's anything that I can do, resources I can provide, or just point you in the right direction, I'm happy to do so. And we'll have all those in the show notes, and we'll we'll put some links up to uh, writeathome.net. Wonderful. Just to reiterate, not .com. Yes, that's right. We'll reiterate that in our show notes as well, too. Karen, it's been an absolute joy to talk to you today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys taking the opportunity uh, to, to, to bring me on. Yes. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay. You too.